Well, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for listening today to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin with Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. So glad that you're joining us today. We are doing a study on the book of Galatians. So if you're a first-time listener, uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. And as we look at the book of Galatians, I want to challenge you to live by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's done unbelievable things for us. Uh, he has bought us out of darkness, bought us out of sin and slavery, and has brought this glorious light to us. And we are now born again, all made possible because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, I hope that you know him as your Lord and Savior. And before I dive into the text, I want to give you an opportunity today to make sure that you know that you're born again. You know, when I think about salvation, it is the most important decision that you're ever going to make in your life. You know, if you live to be 100 years old, that's pretty good. But even if you live to be 100 years old, the Bible says life is brief. And so in the light of eternity, 100 years is nothing. You think about in the short time that we are here on this earth, we make thousands and thousands of decisions. I've made a lot of decisions in my life that I've regretted. Some of the decisions that I make haven't been the best decisions. I'll, I'll be honest to admit that. But there's one decision that I have never regretted. That is accepting that free gift of salvation made possible by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I was just a boy when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I will never forget the day that I was saved. You know, there's two days in my life that I will never forget. I Well, actually, there's several days in my life that I'll never forget. But the day that I was saved, I was a six-year-old at Marsh Corner Community Church. The day that I was married on July 1st, 1989, I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget the five days that my kids uh, were born because my wife insisted that I was there when they were born. And uh, she said, you helped to make them, then you need, you need to be here to watch them being born. And so I was there for all five of our kids being born. And boy, that was quite the experience. And uh, so there's days that you won't forget, the days that you're born again. You know, the Bible talks about what salvation is. If you are going through your life and you feel like, you know, something's missing in my life, I feel like my life is falling short. It feels like I'm not really getting traction. feels like I don't have a lot of direction. And uh, and it feels like something's missing. There's, there's this emptiness in me. And you may have tried a whole lot of things, but you still feel empty. Have you tried Jesus Christ? Have you tried a relationship with him? You know, Jesus loves you so much that 2,000 years ago, he came to this sin-cursed world. He became a baby and he lowered himself. He set aside some of his godly attributes so that he could relate with us and, and identify with what we go through. <laughs> some people say, well, Jesus came as a baby, uh, so he wouldn't scare us when he came to this planet. But he came in an instance, and, and he didn't come to overthrow the world. He didn't come to, to overthrow the Roman Empire. Uh, he didn't come to judge us. He says, I've come to seek and to save those who are lost. I've come to offer myself as a ransom for the sins of the world. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much that if you were the only person on the planet today, he would have died for you. That's how much he loves you. His love for you is unconditional. He offers you this free gift of salvation. It's something that you can't earn. You don't deserve it. It's by mercy that we're saved. It's by his grace that we're saved. You know, the Bible is very clear. How do we begin a relationship with Christ? We acknowledge that we're sinners. We acknowledge that our sin has separated us from Christ. You know, I think about the brokenness of our world. 
Why is our world broken? Why do we keep getting it fixed and it breaks again and it's perpetually getting broken? It's because of sin. Not only are we sinners, but also the creation of the world. All of creation is cursed. That's why things break down. Uh, that's why that car of yours, although it may be a new car, uh, is going to break down one day. You got to change the oil. The tires are going to wear out. And uh, same with our bodies. We get old. We wear down. We wear out. We get sick. And one day, we're going to die. You know, Jesus wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to spend all of eternity with us. And so he says, you know what? I'm going to make a way for that to be possible. And he died on that cross. And the Bible tells us that three days later, he rose again. You know, which is a few weeks away from Easter, my favorite holiday of the year. I have two favorite holidays, Christmas and Easter. Easter is number one. Christmas is number two. Christmas is when Jesus came the first time to offer himself as an atonement for sin, came as a baby. But Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Christ. So if you will put your faith and trust in him, call upon his name, you'll be saved. Listen, your life will never be again, quite the same. Now, you're still going to have problems in life. You're still going to have struggles in life and frustrations. You know, Christians aren't perfect. They're forgiven. Uh, We're forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future, but that doesn't mean that we are exempt from problems. You know, some people come to Christ and say, well, this is going to be a great uh, journey for me, and I have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. And life will be hunky-dory, and uh, I'll have a beautiful house, and I'll have a beautiful marriage, I'll have a beautiful uh, portfolio, and all these things will just come together for me, and I won't get sick anymore, and I won't have any setbacks anymore. Well, I want you to know that is not the truth. As a matter of fact, sometimes your problems accelerate because you are a follower of Christ. You say, why? why? Why would my problems become greater? Because you, in essence, have switched teams. Uh, You have been on the team of the enemy, and now you're on the team for Christ. And the enemy is ticked off at you. Even didn't mess with you before because you're on this team. But all of a sudden, you become a follower of Christ. But I want you to know something. Greater is he that lives within us than he that is in the world. So if you have become a follower of Christ, if you need more information about what it takes to know Christ, would you give me a call? 757-421-7500, or you can even text me on my cell phone, 252-267-2365, or you can shoot me an email. We have an email set up just for this broadcast. It's onehopeforyourheart at gmail.com, onehopeforyourheart at gmail.com, and just spell out the word one, O-N-E. So if you've made a decision for Christ today, shoot me an email, give me a call. I'd love to pray for you. Now, if you have a prayer request, uh, every Thursday we get together and we pray. And we pray through a, a lengthy list of prayer requests that are turned in throughout the Greater Hampton Roads area. So you can shoot me an email with a prayer request and we'll pray for you on Thursday morning. Well, let's look at the text today. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle sent not from men, but from God. Now, that's a very important point. Paul was not one of these guys says, I'm going to sign up and volunteer. (laughs) He got voluntold, right? And God says, Paul, you're my man. You're going to be an apostle. Your job is going to be to share the gospel with the Gentiles primarily. And he's giving this letter to all of his brothers and sisters uh, that are with him in Galatia. And he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present age of evil, according to the will of our God and Father, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then all of a sudden there's a transition. Paul says to these great Galatian believers, I'm so astonished uh, that you have so quickly deserted the one who has called you to live in the gospel of grace, and you're turning to a different gospel. It's actually a cult. It's a works-based gospel. And Paul says, that's no gospel at all. He says, evidently, somebody's coming in there. They're throwing you into confusion. Uh, They're trying to pervert the gospel. But Paul says, even an angel comes in here, and somebody from heaven should preach a gospel different than what we preach to you. Let them be under a curse, as we have already said. So now we say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under the curse of God. Paul says, am I trying to win the approval of human beings? Absolutely not. I'm trying to win the approval of God. I'm not trying to please people. If I were, I would still be a people-pleasing preacher. He says, I want to be a servant of Christ. So I want you to know the gospel is powerful, and the enemy will do everything he can to confuse you about the gospel, uh, to diminish the power of the gospel, to add to the gospel, to subtract to the gospel. Let me tell you, there's power behind the gospel. Why is it so powerful? Well, here's just a couple reasons, okay? The gospel is what delivers us when we were lost and when we were helpless. The Hebrew believers had to learn this lesson. So Paul says in Hebrews 2, 3, so what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation? This great salvation was first announced by the Lord himself, and then it was delivered to us by those who heard him speak. Paul says, listen, this is so powerful. You can't ignore the gospel. You can't escape God's judgment if you don't receive the gospel. It was given to us when we were lost and when we were helpless. So don't ignore the great power of the gospel. Listen, if you're listening to my voice today and you are under conviction that you ought to do something like receive this free gift of salvation, do it right now. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Listen, the enemy is the great procrastinator. He's going to say, well, why don't you just do it tomorrow? I'll tune into this guy tomorrow and, and maybe tomorrow you can pray. Listen, I don't want to scare you. I I, I don't want to frighten you, but you might not have tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Here's another reason why the gospel is so powerful. It's powerful because it is Jesus dying in our place. In Romans 4.25, it says that he was delivered over to death. That's Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins, and he was raised to life for our justification. The gospel is powerful because Jesus takes our place by receiving death, the wrath of God falling upon him. You know, there's another reason why the gospel is so powerful is because God accepts the work of Christ on our behalf, and he does it by raising him from the dead. This is how Peter put it, 1 Peter 3.18. He says that Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Listen, there is power in the gospel. Paul says it is a power that is incomparable uh, to anything else. As we think about the power of the gospel, that power is working mightily in his strength. It is that same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead. That's the same power that lives within us when we receive the gospel. 
Well, you say, well, great, the gospel is powerful, but why is it so great? Uh, there's a lot of things in life that are powerful, right? But they're not so great. Why is it so dangerous to desert the gospel? Well, here's three dangers, and this is what Paul is trying to drive home as he speaks to these believers at the churches of Galatia. The gospel is so great because it is all of God's will and it is all of God's grace. So we must avoid being confused about the gospel. Do you know that the enemy is the author of confusion? The Bible says very clearly that God did not give us the spirit of fear or of confusion, but of love and of a sound mind. The danger of confusion is that confusion is a self-surrender. It's actually rebelling against God. But when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what we learn from John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John reminds us that when we're born again, all of a sudden that confusion is gone. It doesn't mean I have all the answers, but I'm not confused about my future. My eternal home is in heaven. It is given to me at the moment of salvation. And not only do I have heaven, but I have his presence right here on earth. And because of that presence, I have the strength to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. So there's danger of confusion. Number two, there is danger of perversion. Now we think about perversion. Those who are involved in more of a liberal understanding of the gospel, they are subtracting from the gospel. They are reversing the gospel. They are believing that the gospel is not enough and it will not exclusively bring salvation. They'll say things like, well, you know, all roads lead to God. And you think that Jesus is a way. Well, others think that Allah is a way. And others think that they're a good person. And so they're going to get there that way. But they all lead up to heaven. That is a perversion of the gospel. If you believe that, you are adding to the gospel. And you're not saved. You know, only those who recognize they have nothing to offer. And it's only by God's mercy and grace that they're born again. There's another danger. There's a danger of confusion. There's a danger of perversion. But there's also the danger of diversion. That is adding to the gospel. So liberalism will take away from the gospel saying, you know, it's not enough. Legalism will actually add to the gospel. I want you to know something about adding to the gospel. That's exactly what Paul was dealing with with these Judaizers. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, you got to receive this free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, but then you have to also be a good person. You got to keep the festivals and the feast, and you got to keep the law, and you got to keep all of these uh, Jewish uh, traditions in order to be a follower of Christ. Uh, you might want to get circumcised. That'd be a good thing. And so they kept adding and adding and adding. Well, why is the gospel so important? Now, listen, suppose that you were to die today and God would ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? What you say makes a world of difference whether or not you get in or not get in. You see, the gospel makes me right with God. We were enemies, but we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Oh, this is good stuff when you think about it. I am made right with God because of what Christ has done for me. Ah, the gospel is also powerful because it forgives me 
and it saves me from my sin. So Paul said this to the Galatian believers. We're going to get to this uh, later in the week. But in Galatians 2.16, he reminds them that it is through Christ that we have been justified by the faithfulness of Christ and not by the works of the law. You know, the gospel is so powerful because it changes my entire life now and forevermore. You know, it was not keeping the law that caused me to become a Christian. My life wasn't changed when I was trying to be a good person. I kept failing. My life was changed when I realized I could not keep the law. And my life was very far from God. And so I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Paul said this to the Thessalonian believers. You know, our gospel didn't come to you by mere words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and full of conviction with much assurance. Well, I want you to know, Paul readily admitted that in and of himself, he was not sufficient. Uh, He wasn't able to uh, to be accepted by God because of the good things that he did. As a matter of fact, he looked at his life and he says, man, all those things that I thought were great, all those things about being a rabbi and, and, and being a Pharisee of the Pharisees and a keeper of the law and a teacher of the law, And he said, man, all those things, uh, they are like rubbish, he said. He says, my sufficiency is from God. It is he who has made uh, me sufficient with this new covenant. It's not by the letter of the law, because the letter of the law kills, but it's the spirit of law that gives us life. I guess what I'm trying to tell you today is that our salvation is based on Christ and Christ alone. There's a song that, uh, a great hymn, that carries that title, In Christ Alone. Uh, you probably have heard the, uh, the hymn, and uh, I want to just read the lyrics to this song to you. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, for every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he arose. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And then the last stanza goes like this. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Oh, what a powerful song that is. Taken from Romans 8:39. No power of hell, no schemes of man could ever pluck me from God's hand. Oh, I want you to know God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on that cross for you. Don't confuse the gospel by adding to it. Don't confuse the gospel by subtracting to it. 
It is Christ and Christ alone. You know, one of the strongest arguments for the gospel of Christ is the personal testimony of someone whose life has been changed by it. Just the other day, I was talking to our director of our Celebrate Recovery Ministry, and Greg is an amazing man. And for 20 years, uh, he was what I would call a, a functioning alcoholic. He was in the Navy, and uh, he was serving our country, and he was doing a pretty good job. But uh, he was navigating life, trying to hold the pieces of his life together, while at the same time battling uh, some demons with him and battling alcohol. And, uh, you know, Greg, many years ago, came to our church, and then all of a sudden he stopped. And uh, and I kept calling Greg and kept checking on him. And I said, man, where where is he? He's not returning my calls. And I'd leave him a voicemail or a text. And, and so finally, I, I gave up on him. And then out of the blue, he called me. And the first thing he said to me, he says, well, uh, Pastor Calvin, uh, this is Greg. And, and I'm so glad, first of all, that you haven't changed your phone number in over 20 years. And, and I said, well, you're right. I've had the same phone number for probably 25 years. And Greg called me and he says, you know, my life has fallen apart. And he says, I, I suppose that you're wondering what happened to me. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't return your calls many years ago, but uh, I'm in a rehab center and I'm I'm going through detox and uh, I, I want to get on the right track. and." And I was told that I need to have a sponsor, and I need somebody who will be my my spiritual uh, accountability partner. And he said, would you do that for me? And I said, well, Greg, uh, I'd be happy to do that under one condition. I said, I want you to come uh, and be part of Hickory Ridge Community Church. And I says, uh, much of what I do in counseling is, is coming from the pulpit, and I'll be happy to meet with you. Uh, but I don't want you to miss uh, the overall picture of what God is doing and how he can use the local church to be a blessing to you. And sure enough, Greg came. And and uh, when I met with him the very first time, I said, now listen, Greg, uh, we're starting a new ministry and I want you to be part of it. And I want you to go through the training to be one of the leaders for it. And it's called Celebrate Recovery. And uh, we just celebrated our third anniversary with Celebrate Recovery. And uh, and Greg thought he was just going to come in as a leader. And, and now he's the head honcho of Celebrate Recovery. But here is a man who had a life that was drastically changed by the gospel of Christ. Greg was baptized and added to the church, and and, uh, now he is in training to be one of our deacons, and we are so proud of what God is doing in his life. You know, the strongest argument for the gospel of Jesus Christ is the personal testimony of somebody whose life has been changed by it. Charles Broadloff was an avowed infidel. He once challenged a pastor by the name of H.P. Hughes to a big debate. The preacher was wanting to debate him, and uh, and he was in charge of this rescue mission in London, England. And so he accepted the challenge uh, to have the debate on the condition uh, that he could bring with him about 100 men and women who would tell what had happened to their lives since trusting Christ as their Savior. Uh, there would be people who were once lost and, and very deep in their sin. Uh, some were poverty-stricken. Uh, some were, were, were victims of, of various vices and, and, and stuck to, uh, through some addictions. And so Hughes said that they would not only tell their conversion story, but that he would submit to cross-examination by anybody who doubted their stories. Furthermore, the, inv- the minister invited his opponent to bring a group of non-believers. He said, you can bring anybody that you want who could tell their story and how they were helped by their lack of faith. Well, when the appointed day arrived, the preacher came. He had his hundred transformed persons with him. Ah, but his opponent never showed up. The result, 
the meeting turned into a testimony time, and many sinners who had gathered to hear the scheduled debate were converted. Listen, there is power in the gospel. Have you ever wondered why the Bible is the only book that I know of uh, that is banned in many countries? Here, there are 66 countries where it is illegal to preach the gospel, where it's illegal to have a copy of God's word. Why is that? Because God's word is powerful. The gospel is powerful. The gospel can change the life of those who receive that free gift. Well, listen, if I can help you in any way, I'd love to pray for you. You know, we are a church that is known for praying. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe that when we pray, that God does things. And uh, we believe that when we put our concerns before the throne of God's grace, that he hears us and he brings about healing and he can change our life. So if I can pray for you or our team can pray for you, give me a call at 757-421-7500. Or you can shoot me an email at one hope for your heart at gmail.com. I check that every day. One hope for your heart at gmail.com. And if you need a place to worship, why don't you come and worship with us this weekend? We have a nine o'clock service and a 1030 service. They're identical services. Come on and worship with us. We have children's ministries uh, at both of our services. We have a dynamic children's ministry. We also do the Awana ministry on Wednesday night. At 6.15, we have a Bible study on Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, We have youth group Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, Why don't you come out and join us? I know that you'll be blessed and you'll grow in your faith. You'll have the opportunity to fellowship with a great group of believers. Well, thank you so much for listening. I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.